Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Welcome to the Talent Talk of Robert Walters, where we are interviewing business leaders around the globe to know more about their ambitions, challenges, and their perspectives of the CEO of the future. Today, I'm pleased to introduce Toby Falston, our CEO in Robert Walters and Walters People at Robert Walters Group. Toby served as a managing director in Singapore and managing director in Southeast Asia for Robert Walters. Welcome, Toby. Hi, Alejandro. How are you? How is everything these days? Good. Yeah, good. Busy. Lots complicated things going on in the world. But um, no, it's uh, it's been a busy but exciting and at times challenging year. But overall, I'm very well. Thank you. Perfect. Excellent. So we have some questions today. And the first one is, how did you become CEO? So, um, so I became CEO. It was about a year. It was about 14 months ago, actually. But uh, so I've been in the organization for over 20 years now. Uh, I was a, a lawyer by trade many years ago and I qualified. And then I left law and I joined what was then a much smaller Robert Walters business in London. Um, I think over the few years, sort of reflecting on how things have progressed to this point, there's probably a couple of key things. I've done multiple jobs over the last 20 years. I think I've done eight or nine different roles. Um, some of varying different levels of, um, of, of, of breadth, if you like. Uh, I've had the experience of running multiple disciplines. I was originally an accountancy recruiter. That then became uh, much more focused on, on financial services, sales and marketing, became legal. Um, and uh, so I, I got quite a broad range and breadth of knowledge around the different disciplines, which was very helpful. Um, then I was fortunate enough to get some overseas experience. So I moved from, um, <clears throat> from England over to Asia, which, uh, and I was 38 at the time, actually, I just had our third child, we, sorry, we had just had our third child. And uh, the key to that was a very supportive wife, thankfully, who, who, who backed that move as well. Um, and that was nine, nearly 10 years ago. And then I had some, uh, and then obviously that concluded in, in becoming the CEO globally. I think throughout you know, performance and, and delivery is, is obviously critical. Uh, we've been through, well, certainly in my time, I've probably been through two or three fairly significant crises, um, uh, the GFC being, being the biggest one of all, uh, which on reflection was a huge learning curve for me, actually, in terms of uh, not just how you do business, but how you treat people, not just our own people, but clients and candidates, particularly at a time when you're unlikely to be making much money. And certainly for that year, it was very challenging uh, and there was a lot I learned from that. Um, but ultimately, there's got to be consistent performance throughout. Um, I think the importance of building very strong, not just external, but internal relationships. You know, we are a multinational. Uh, we all have a role to play in contributing to our success. And I think I've been fortunate enough to build some very, very strong alliances across the organization uh, globally. Uh, you can't get to where you want to get to on your own. You know, you need great people around you that will, will support that. Um, I hope and I believe I've remained 
very honest and consistent in my dealings with, with people across the organization, uh, particularly when things aren't going so well. Uh, it's easy to, to give a good story and a, and a good message on good results, but actually often it's when things aren't going so well and being uh, very upfront about when things are not good and what we're doing to tackle that. Because the reality is, particularly over 20 plus years, it's not always going to be good. There's going to be some tough things and tough days. Um, hiring of great people. I, I always looked at my own succession being contingent on having the right people that can succeed into whatever role I was doing and, and making certain that I had what I felt were the, were the right people around the table um, in order for the business that I was responsible for to succeed and, and really creating oxygen and career paths for people. I mean, in a sense, it's almost sort of getting to a point where your role is not so much redundant, but it, you're ready for the next people to come through and having confidence that you hope there are other opportunities in the organization, which for me, thankfully, there were. And of course, lastly, you do need a little bit of good timing and some fortune. Um, opportunities often present themselves. People sometimes leave. Uh, sometimes people move into different type of roles. And of course, sometimes that's a sad thing to see. Other times it's the right thing. Um, uh, but of course, that always presents opportunity. So it's probably a combination of all those various things. Well, well, that's the point. I think uh, passion and experience uh, help us to, to grow and, and have a successful international career. And is there something in your career that, will, that you will do different? Um, I, I try not to dwell too much on the past, uh, and I and I also don't dwell too much on the future, which might sound a bit odd given I'm in a CEO okay. role. But um, I, I'm very focused on the present. I don't look too long term into the future because we operate in such a volatile industry. Um, you know, we're very much at the apex of what is good and what is not so good in the market. So. Um, I, uh, I tend to try and focus more on now and, and you know, relatively short term, maybe one to two years uh, in terms of the future. Right. I think if I were to reflect, maybe I would have taken the overseas opportunity a bit earlier. Um, I, 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 you, know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And I, at that point, I, I, I didn't appreciate until I actually did it, okay. what it opened my eyes to and the, and the sort of the increased learning experience that I got from doing that. So that, that's probably the, the one thing I would have done if I if I had my time again. Okay, excellent. How is the CEO of the future? Yeah, I mean, look, things have, in certain areas, have definitely got a little bit more complicated, particularly with social media, digitalization. Mm -hmm. I still believe that some of the core values of being in a leadership job, good manners, how you treat people, um, respect, uh, being decisive, uh, getting the right people around the table, which is absolutely critical. I still think they stand today. I think that the way that I'll try and describe it today is it's balancing sort of optimism with, with reality. Optimism to keep people focused, um, encouraged, um, and excited about the future, particularly the point where we're, when we're doing so well as an organisation, which we are at the moment, but counterbalancing that with the reality. And the reality, of course, is that, you know, there are challenges out there. We're seeing significant inflation. We've got, uh, we've got price increases. Um, we've got, obviously, unfortunately, wars in some cases. 
So there are a lot of sort of headwinds and, uh, and trying to balance the optimism with the reality of what might be coming um, is really important. Um, I think high energy and visibility, I think what's really important in the modern leadership role, and to be honest, I think it's always been important. People want to see you. They want to hear from you. Um, and you need a lot of energy to do this job. You know, there is a, a, an expectation around traveling, getting out and talking to your people and seeing people. Uh, and I don't necessarily mean sort of chess chest thumping type of energy, but you need to be very resilient. Um, and I think the final thing is, um, and I think this stands, whether it's a CEO of the future or, or, or present, to be honest with you, you know, just accept that you're not going to please everybody. And I think more so now than ever, opinions are very polarized. You know, we've got quite extremes in terms of sort of strong left opinions, strong right opinions. Mm. So to try and always be in the middle of pleasing everybody, it, it, you're not going to be able to do that. So I think you just have to accept that at a, there comes a point where a decision needs to be made and you need to move ahead with that. Mm. I was reading something about this and it's being disruptive and be able to adapt to the next uh, years and, and, and next situation we have. So, Toby, um, at this point, we have uh, another question that, that everybody wants to know. And what are the key skills of a CEO? We already talked about this in your answers, but which ones do you think are the, the most important key skills? I think when so when I look at certainly the role that I do and, you know, I'm only a year and two months into it, so I'm learning. But I also reflect back over nearly 20 years of sort of leadership and managing teams in no specific order. I think collaboration and teamwork are, are critical. You can't do it on your own. And it's really important to ensure that the team you have around you is aligned to, to the strategy, the overall plan of the organization. Um, I would say approachability and, and listening skills. You're traveling, you're going to various offices around the world. Um, and that is such a critical part of really actually understanding the business and what is going on locally and not living in a sort of an echo chamber from whatever city you live in. So because you've got limited time finding out what is going on, it's so important that you are approachable and that you do listen To, to what people have to say. And it increases obviously your own knowledge, knowledge and learning. Um, I'd probably say obviously values, the right values. Uh, I think emotion intelligence and the ability to read situations and try and understand. I mean, I think our job, and I guess many leadership jobs, there's, there, is, there is a big psychology part to it, particularly in our industry, because we don't make anything. It's all about people. Um, so. The, the, the emotion intelligence to read and recognize the situation. I think integrity uh, and trust, you know, people need to know that they can speak to you. They need to know that things will be handled properly. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, obviously high energy. Um, Open-mindedness. Yeah, our industry is very volatile. As I've mentioned, it does, it does shift uh, depending on what the market conditions are. So I think it's incredibly important to be open to different ideas, but also balance that with sticking to some core principles. You know, we're not going to, we can't change everything. We can't shift everything. You know, for example, in our business, one of our core principles is specialization. Okay. And that's absolutely at the root of a lot of what we do. Um, clear communication. You know, I often sort of talk about oh, actually over communicating. 
Uh, and one of the things I've certainly learned over time is that often when you communicate something, people won't listen, or not everybody will listen to it the first time or the second time or even the third time. So sometimes you've got to consistently keep communicating the same message so that over time it becomes embedded within the organization. Um, transparency. Yeah, obviously, it's not, it's not always possible. There might be certain sensitivities which you can't discuss or disclose. But I think where possible, share your thoughts with, with the people that you work with. I think this helps create certainty, um, which uh, as much certainty as you can give, particularly in today's world, is, is really important. And of course, it helps to create trust. Um, I think an ability, a proven ability to show earnings growth. You know, at the end of the day, we, we are a listed company. Most businesses have some sort of investors or investment. And those investors, they expect, um, they expect to see earnings growth. Um, so it's important as an organization that obviously it is a great place to work, but ultimately our earnings growth is paramount to our success. Now that said, I'm a big believer that earnings growth is often that the outcome of the right ingredients going in in the first place, which is often the right people, structure, process, et cetera. Um, but ultimately, when all is said and done, um, decisions have to be made. And um, I think one of the big components of a CEO's job is getting the full picture, getting all the information, listening to the right people. But ultimately, the, the oft, often the bigger decisions do sit on the CEO's shoulders. So you can't be indecisive. And of course, in being decisive, timing of decisions is such a critical part of the role, you know, when you make those decisions. Okay, it's amazing everything you say, because it's, it's helpful for everybody who's listening to this podcast. And you're a busy director, CEO. How do you organize your day? With all, all those travels and meetings and, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's actually funny enough. That's probably one of the hardest parts: time management um, and creating some some time to think. Because in this job, you know, you, that, that you're often going fast quite a lot, and you need to slow down and just have a moment to think about what you're doing, because it's important. You've got lots of different things happening. Uh, number one, you've got to hire fantastic executive assistant PA somebody you trust. Um, I'm very fortunate I have someone like that who, who is excellent and has been in the business for a long time and really understands our company um, and, it, and is very protective of my time, which is good. So we have a rhythm that works well. We review the diary often a couple of weeks in advance. We, we plan all the travel at the beginning of the year. Um, we also plan personal time. So, for example, I have children, so that might be school holidays. It might be family trips abroad. You know, I need time out as well. I'm, I'm a human being. I need to rest as well. Mm -hmm. um, I also like my exercise. That keeps me sane. So we, we try and plan everything into the diary at the beginning of the year. So then once we know the sort of the set things in the diary, we can work around that. Um, and then small things, um, for example, most meetings will allow 15 to 30 minutes leeway either side. Often things carry on a little bit longer. You might be in an important conversation with somebody. You don't just want to stop the meeting. You want to allow a bit more time. Um, 
So that's been really helpful. Um, and, you know, actually, sometimes you, you just need to, to um, rearrange certain things. And actually, things come up which you didn't anticipate. And you need to have somebody that you trust that knows what things can be moved and what things can't be moved. You know, I don't like, I do not like postponing or moving personal commitments to whether it's clients or, or our own people. I think it's a, it's a dangerous message, message it sends people. But there are other things which perhaps, you know, are not quite as important that you can move. So, again, a lot of that comes down to judgment and having somebody you trust who's in charge of your diary and your time. Excellent, excellent. And how do you keep updated in the latest trends? Yeah, that's, that's, I sort of go back to the, the optimism versus reality. Mm. You know, so, so what is the reality? And the reality is the, the, the information that you are being fed and hearing about every day, you know, not just the, part, uh, the, the present, sorry, but what, what's potentially coming. So the right leadership in place across the world, you know, if you think about it, I mean, I'm based in London. That's where I live. That's where, where I am normally based. 31 different countries. You know, there's a lot of different things going on in those countries. So I am incredibly reliant on um, having great people who are going to tell me not so much the good things. I mean, I'm always interested in the good things, obviously, but perhaps some of the challenges, some of the things that might have an impact, some of the things that we need to be thinking about ahead of them hopefully happening. Um, so trust. Uh, and, and transparency is incredibly important in the leadership uh, roles that we have across the organization. Um, time with functional heads, uh, you know, heads of marketing and heads of legal and, and not just heads off, you know, actually people, it's, it's the sort of the elevator conversation. It's the sitting down over lunch and just picking people's brains and, and having, listening to what they think and what they say. Because whilst ultimately we, we do make decisions and I have to make a lot of decisions every day, mm. it's critically important that I'm understanding what's happening in our business because ultimately the, those are the people that are making the placements. And if we don't make placements, we don't generate income. If we don't generate income, we don't operate as a company. So um, I think speaking to all levels of people, particularly on office trips, is, is, is really important. Mm. Um, obviously reading, but I would say reading, but not too much because I find your head can turn to blancmange, go to jelly a little bit. If you read too much, it becomes so much opinion and thought. So, so I do read and I read uh, selectively, um, okay. but I tend to try and make a point of actually speaking to people who I know are experts in that particular sub subject or are experts in that geography and really finding out what's happening on the ground. Um, and then instinct as well. You know, I mean, experience in today's world is it's one of the few things that there is there is no app to enhance or fast track experience. Um, technology can do many, many things in today's world, but it, it cannot fast track the experience. And I think over time and experience and recessions and good markets and bad markets and lots of mistakes, by the way, which I've made and, and some of my colleagues have made, you learn an awful lot from that. Uh, and sometimes instinctively, you, you know, and your instincts are a powerful thing. And sometimes instinct can really set you on the right direction. Not always, but it will definitely play a part in certain decisions that are made. Perfect, perfect. And who is a CEO you admire? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. I would, um, 
I wouldn't say it's necessarily a specific CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, so it isn't one, and, and it isn't necessarily just CEOs. I mean, if I think about in my lifetime, people that I've know and, and I've respected and admired, I mean, my grandfather was one. He, he was, okay. he really taught me the importance of honesty. You know, when I was younger, I was a little bit of a, a little bit of a tear away. Um, and uh, he, he was very clear with me about the employee. He always said to me, you know, don't ever lie to people. Because the problem when you lie to people is that, you're, you know, eventually you're going to forget what you've told people and, and you'll get found out. So I learned that lesson very young, which is was a very valuable lesson. Uh, Rob Walters, my, my boss, the founder of our organization, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've always taken from him was just the importance of keeping things simple. You know, thankfully, Great. we're not an overly complicated business, so let's not make it overly complicated. Um I think about a lot of the people that I work with. I mean, you know, you and I are in the same organization, Alandra, so you'll know this, you know, the passion and the commitment and the hard work. And I think, you know, those are real values and, and, and attributes that, that rub off on me. And I get hugely energized when I go overseas and I see this and I meet our people. Uh, my own parents. I mean, I was brought up very much on the basis of good manners. Uh, I know it sounds very simple, but thank yous and pleases uh, and acknowledgement of, um, you know, of, of, of good work that people have done. Father-in-law, um, he, he's a great planner. He's an engineer by really? trade. So just sometimes stopping, thinking, stepping back, how are we going to do this? Um, and, and finally, of course, my own wife, who uh, thankfully is probably the best listener that I have because you know I need to talk to somebody and I need to sit down and sometimes there's things frustrations challenges that I need to uh get off my chest and uh, and I'm very fortunate to have somebody who who thankfully does listen excellent excellent as you say sometimes uh, back to basics is better absolutely to keep it simple which is which is your favorite quote if you have one in your head in this moment Yeah, so I've always liked, uh, there is a very famous um, quote, I, th- I think it's called Man in the Ring. To be honest, you could, you could equate it to man or, or woman in the ring, it doesn't really make any difference, but I think the quote is actually called Man in the Ring, and I, I believe it's by um, Theodore Roosevelt, who was a, a past president of the United States. Um, I won't, so I won't say the quote because it's quite a long one, but essentially mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a story about an individual who is in the thick of the battle every day. And actually you often get a lot of commentary externally from, from different individuals, but actually the credit goes to the individual who's in the fight every day. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know the quote, if you haven't read it, it's, I, I personally, I find it quite an inspiring quote. I always have. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that particular quote. Perfect. And uh, if you could have a superpower, which one will you choose? Oh, wow. A superpower. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, given time management is always quite challenging, I would probably choose flying. <laughs> Then I could... I could Uh, reduce all of my time in airports and uh, and have a little bit more time to work with so I'll, i'll i'll go with flying 
Okay, excellent. During other interviews, we have heard about becoming be invisible, be able to teleport, and more. But this, this is this is one. This is one of the uh, main answers the people wants to to do, just to teletransport or flying to get more time. Well, and I don't know if you have any final comments to close this podcast. No, not really. I mean, thank you, firstly, for inviting me um, to speak. Really appreciate it. Um, and uh, obviously, look, a lot of this is just based on my own personal experiences. There are many very, very talented and more experienced CEOs out there than I am. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a year and a half into this, so I'm sure there'll be lots more. So maybe if we have this conversation in five years time, Alejandro, there might be some differences here. But that's um, th those are some of my thoughts as things stand at the moment. Great. Thank you so much. And that's all for today. Thank you very much and all the best.